0: Hi, it's Jess Fisher. You're listening to episode 10 of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, The Educator's Version, where we explore some of the science featured in the story. Keep listening to the end of this episode to hear me and Nate DuFort talk about the formation of Las Vegas with Dr. Diane Seabrant, Historic Preservation Officer for the City of Las Vegas, Nevada. CHAPTER
1: 10, LOST VEGAS
2: From the position of the sun, I don't think we were asleep that long. Callie can't have gotten that far with Doggo. Far enough. We trudged through the desert following the tracks of Callie's cart. The more we walked, the more the wind picked up. Pretty windy out here. Keep walking. The wind gusted and swirled, blowing the sand right into our faces. The sand got worse. I can't see anything. Can you? Just focus on me. The sand flew into our eyes, up our noses, and in our mouths. We have to stop. We can't stop, or Dogo will be
3: gone for good.
2: Inch by inch, we pushed through the sandstorm. Kelly's tracks were long gone, and hope was fading. We crawled along the sand until... What's that newish? Sounds like no drum. Take my hand, close your eyes, and we'll follow the sound. As the sun set, we stumbled blindly towards it's the beat of the drum. As we got closer, we could hear more sounds, music, and voices. Finally, Sandstorm cleared, revealing a rusty diamond shaped sign poking out of the sand. Someone had painted over letters and scratched out others. Welcome to Lost Vegas. Lost Vegas? This must be the place. Thousands of torches lined the edges of a wide sandy road. On either side were the ruins of what. Used to be enormous and strange buildings. Pyramids and statues, pirate ships and skyscrapers. Only their tops peeked out of the sand that had covered them many years ago. Whatever this city had once been was pretty much swallowed by the desert. And now, it was something much worse. Iwa this place. I know. Just stay close. Keep your head down the rowdy crowd stood in the middle of the street in front of a raised wooden platform.
1: Are you having fun tonight, survivors of Las Vegas?
2: On the platform, a man in bright orange clothes called out Are through a long tongue What is he doing up there? Vegas! What is that platform? I think, I think it's the stage. The crowd was like none I'd ever seen before. Some of the people were rough and dangerous, like the ones I'd crossed in Junktown. But others wore lavish outfits with sparkles and flashy metal. What are they, Iowa? Rich, I think.
1: In this, the graveyard of a once great playground, I offer you reminders, relics, ghosts of a world long since buried. And they can all be yours for a price.
2: They're selling things. I don't see Callie, do you? Is she in the crowd? She wouldn't be in the middle of that mob with Doggo.
1: Take a look at what my compadres are rolling onto this stage. What
2: is that? I don't Mesdames, know.
1: Mesdames et messieurs, allow me to call your attention to this next beautiful item up for bid. Rescued from beneath the sand by my salvage team just yesterday. This is not just rare and unusual, but listen. Now, we'll start the bidding at 40 metal pieces.
2: Come on. 14. What are we doing? Okay, we have to get closer 49. to find Callie. Closer? 50. 50.
1: The bid is 50 metal pieces.
2: 55. Is it 50 me or are people looking bad. at us? 50 going twice. Probably so don't get a lot of kids here. Just you're act good. like you belong. You don't belong. You definitely don't belong.
1: Now, next. And final item of the evening, and by the stars, friends, I promise you it's a live one, a very live one. (laughs) All the way from the grassy plains upriver, this wonder of wonders stumbled out of a collector's trap and into our hearts. Is that...? It barely survived the arduous trip, but here it is. People of Las Vegas, I give you the furry plains
2: rat! I know what that is! It's a chipmunk! They're selling animals! This will make
1: a wonderful family friend or piece of art. Or meal, if you choose.
2: (laughs) I've got something to sell!
1: Excuse me?
2: I said I have an item! Much more valuable than your furry rat. It's Aunt Callie! Oh no. Nothing
1: Nothing appears on my stage without me vetting first.
2: Oh I promise, this will be worth your while.
1: How will I sell it if I don't know what it is?
2: I'll do the selling. Give me that. Hey, give that back to me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am I here, here to offer you the opportunity of a lifetime. What I have brought no. tonight, a tremendous
4: favor to the highest
2: bidder. comes, comes from, from the other side of the, of the Great Mountain, in the, in the forbidden, forbidden Forest outside of Jumptown. It is a, a creature beyond, beyond anything you have seen before, the last of its kind. Some say it has magic. We can't bodies, let this happen. It, it could be a very I don't know. Of our world? As the crowd looked on, Callie dragged the cart up the ramp onto the stage. Doggo's crate was covered by a blanket. When she shows the crowd, this, we're this, never this, getting this, Doggo out of here. I assure you, you will never be the same again once you have laid eyes on the last do-
4: Attention! Attention! This it's is an unlawful him. transaction. Whistler.
2: Who? He's the one who tried to capture us. Who burned our house They're down. He followed you all the way here? There are
4: now.
3: All those he,
2: follow- he followed Doggo.
4: You are all in violation of Regulation 84C 3 unlawful sales of restricted cargo.
2: No. This isn't happening.
4: Hello, Callista. Nice to see you again.
2: You can't do this to me. Not now, not again, after everything I've been through. I deserve my payday.
4: I can do whatever I want.
2: You have no jurisdiction here. What gives you the right?
4: The future of the world gives me the right. I am saving us all from the chaos of creatures like that beast under the blanket. Please, I need this. So do I. Disperse now, and there will be no punishment. You can tell us what to do. I see. Well, I certainly believe in free will, but I also believe that choices have consequences.
2: As he whistled his happy tune, I spotted several of his regulators pouring out barrel after barrel of a clear liquid. But the rowdy crowd barely noticed as the street flooded with what smelled like. The Librarian's Cleanser. We've got to get out of this crowd and get off the street now! What? <laughs> go! Gideon! Behind the stage! Hurry! Gideon's in the cage! Let's oh, see the Wait We want to see the, the,
4: the, the right 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 All right. If you must, go ahead, Callista. Show them. Really? Might as well let them see what this is all about. Remove the blanket. Okay. Behold Togo? Now then. Light it up.
2: Don't get me run. The regulators turned on their fire machines and suddenly the entire street was engulfed in flames. The crowd panicked and ran, knocking each other over. I grabbed Gideon's hand and we raced towards the stage where Callie was watching her plan go up in flames. It's gone. It's all gone. My whole life waiting for this moment. I warned you
4: all. A price must be paid. You.
2: This is all because of you. Ah! Gideon. Iowa, what are you doing? It's now or never! <coughs> Doggo! <coughs> I'm here! <coughs> I'm getting you <coughs> out of that cage! <coughs> These bars are hot! Here Iowa! Use the blanket! Thanks! <coughs> We're free! Go! Go to Gideon!
4: It's the girl. Grab her. Grab
2: the dog. I'm... Surrounded. With nowhere to go, I reached into my pocket for the tiny packet of red powder Mama B said she was saving for a special occasion. This seems pretty... right above the animals Callie! I'm so sorry, Iowa! Callie, <laughs> stop! No, I believe in it, okay? In the animals. In a haven. In you. <clears throat> Callie, the stage is collapsing. I'm so sorry.
4: Stop it, Callie. No, stop, stop there. You're gonna make us...
5: Welcome to Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we dig into the actual science behind the episodes of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. I'm Nate Dufort, who some of you may know from the shows Unspookable and Reach, a space podcast for kids. And with me as always from Gen Z Media and Six Minutes Rewind is Jess Fisher. Hey, Jess.
0: <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. Viva, I'm Elvis.
5: Well, I could tell. I mean, I I can hear it. Can, I can oh, hear great. it in your voice. I think it's <laughs> great. So, another big episode. Oh yeah. So, what happened today?
0: Okay, so Iowa and Dago make their way through a desert sandstorm and stumble upon Lost Vegas, the ruins of a once great city that has now become something much darker. Callie attempts to sell Dalgo in a creepy auction, but when Whistler and the regulators show up, she sacrifices herself, allowing Iowa to escape.
5: So intense. And yeah. is Callie good now? What is going on?
0: I don't know if I've forgiven her yet.
5: I know. So what got me about this one is, you know, Las Vegas is this city born out of the desert. And in our world, the desert is kind of taken it back. It made me want to know where did Las Vegas come from? So I actually had a great conversation about the formation of the original Las Vegas with Dr. Diane Seabrand, historic preservation officer for the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Dr. Diane Seabren, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you. Now, for our listeners that have limited familiarity, they might see Las Vegas, Nevada as a dry desert region. What initially attracted settlers and led to the formation of what we now know as the city of Las Vegas?
3: Well, it, and correct. It, it is a desert environment. So there's you know a lot of cactus, a lot of sand, a lot of what you would consider a barren land, but it's really not. It's quite impressive that there are really a lot of pools and springs of fresh water throughout the valley. I mean, 10,000 years ago, the the native populations were living here very successfully. Now they didn't leave a built environment um, like we would envision of buildings, but they were a hunter-gatherer society and they would utilize all of these water stops as we would call them, to you know, replenish your water to to bring water for their plants if they had any type of animals with them and following suit in about the late 1700s there was the first documented evidence of spanish explorers coming through the area and they were also using those water stops because you have horses mules you know a lot of people that are coming with you you need water so they would stop at all these watering stops and it was in 1830 Spanish explorer by the name of Antonio Armijo. He came through what we call the Las Vegas Valley, and he was with a group of about 60 men. He had a Mexican scout by the name of Rafael Rivera. And Rafael Rivera, the the story kind of changes of did he get lost or was he looking for water? Was he looking for a better route? And he actually found these water sources and documented them. And by documenting those water sources, people that are coming from what were then Mexican territories of California up to New Mexico, coming from Utah down into California, you'd pass through. The easiest route was to pass through the Las Vegas Valley. So when Rafael Rivera noted these springs and these water sources, that allowed future travelers to follow that same route. And that initially was called the Santa Fe Trail, and then eventually became known as the Old Spanish Trail. So it was the first documented. Non-Native settlers were a group of Mormons coming from Utah and that was in 1855. They came down into the Las Vegas Valley and they set up a settlement, but they only lasted two years and that's because they did not get along with the native population. And plus they had a very difficult time agriculturally. So they coming from the area of Utah, coming down into a desert area, they could not grow crops. They couldn't make the crops um, last. So they abandoned their, we call it now the Old Mormon Fort. We call it that because they abandoned their homestead. During the American Civil War, there was a contingent of US Army troops at that fort, but it never served as like a real fort in the sense of fending off any hostile um, forces. But that is actually right now a state park. It's the Old Mormon Fort State Park. And you can go there and you can see the remains of that original 1855 structure that is still standing. I mean, a lot of it's been reconstructed. A lot of it's been refurbished, but they do have a portion where you can actually see it. So this is really where we're looking at the founding of Las Vegas, because this is, there's a water source right there. There's a creek that goes right through that state park. So after the Mormons left it, it was used. We don't have this documented, uh, but it would make sense that people coming through that area, there's a built structure there, there's shelter, there's the water. They would start using it for their travels. And then in 1860s, there was um, a bunch of white ranchers coming through. A gentleman by the name of Octavius Decatur Gass occupied that area. And he started a ranch that he called the Las Vegas Ranch. So again, you still have the water. The water's still there. And he owned the ranch until 1882. And that's when it was taken over by Archibald and Helen Stewart. Which is actually quite an incredible story of and to itself, because two years later, he was shot to death um, in a dispute with his neighbor on a neighboring ranch. So Helen Stewart, at this time in 1884, when women really weren't in the business world, she successfully, with her children, continued to run this ranch. She expanded her ranch by thousands of acres. And she kept that ranch until 1902 where we start having the railroads coming through this area. At that time, railroads still need water. So you still have the water sources here. So in 1902, Helen Stewart, she sells thousands of acres to, he was at Montana, settler, Clark, and he was with the railroad. He owned the San Pedro, Los Angeles and Salt Lake Railroad. That's quite a mouthful, but now it's now known as the Union Pacific Railroad, which most people are familiar with. And so in 1902, He purchases that area for the railroad stop. 1904, a gentleman by the name of J.T. McWilliams is surveying more of this land for the railroad. And he recognizes there's a railroad being built here. There's water here. We're right between Utah, New Mexico and California. There's gonna be a lot of people coming here. And so having foresight, he bought only 80 acres of land from the Stewart Ranch and he platted it out for a couple hundred um, homesteads. He sold those, people started putting up tents, eventually put up uh, wooden structures, and this was all located on the west side of the the railroad tracks. Well, Mr. Clark with the railroad, being with the railroad, had a lot of money. He actually purchased all of the water rights from the Seward Ranch and the water rights from the surrounding area and built a competing settlement on the east side of the tracks. So when you have the east side of the tracks was more prosperous because it was easier to offload the railroad merchandise onto that side of the tracks. And they had all the water. Again, it all comes down to water. They had the water rights and were able to maintain their people and their livestock and their crops. And 1905, May 15th, as a matter of fact, 1905, uh, Mr. Clark had... 1200 plots that he had this huge auction. And there's actually photographs of this. You can see people standing in like the hot hundred degree sun waiting to purchase these plots of land. And it was so successful. That is what we consider the founding of Las Vegas, May 15th, 1905. And unfortunately, on the west side, everybody moved over to the east side, except for the people that weren't able to. They were uh, a lot of the ethnic minority people, the the poor people, people that couldn't afford to move to the more prominent east side. So although that first settlement per se was on the west side of the tracks, it was the prosperity on the east side of the tracks that founded Las Vegas.
5: Wow. Thank you for sharing that detailed history. I had no idea. So jumping ahead to modern times, what can you tell us about the city of Las Vegas and its legacy today?
3: That is a good question. So, I mean, in Las Vegas and downtown, we have the oldest hotel casinos that were initially built. They've obviously undergone renovations and they've been built up. But outside of Las Vegas, where a majority of the casinos are, you know, they implode them and they build a new one. They implode them, they build a new one. But in Las Vegas proper, you're thinking Fremont Street. Fremont Street was named after um, he was also an explorer in the in the 1850s, and he um, uh, was the one who actually mapped the valley so that people knew that it was here. And so on Fremont Street, which is named after him, uh, but we have, you know, the Golden Nugget, we have the El Cortez, have these casino hotels, which I think most people associate with Las Vegas.
5: Well, Diane, I want to thank you for your time today. And for teaching us so much about the history of Las Vegas. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you for for the invite. It's uh, it's always happy to talk about the history of Las Vegas. So I'm somewhat
0: of a history buff.
3: When I was 18, I
0: actually competed in the National History Bowl in Washington, D.C. I lost. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But did you know that the Las Vegas Strip is not actually in Las Vegas?
5: So... Until this interview, that is something that I had never heard before, and I've been there. So this thing that we all associate with Las Vegas, not a part of Vegas at all. What else can you tell us?
0: It's in the unincorporated towns of Paradise and Winchester. Oh, I know. Vegas Wikipedia. <laughs>
5: I mean, it is so interesting because I think the thing most of us think about when we think of Las Vegas is the strip of hotels and casinos, and that was certainly born out of downtown Las Vegas. But mm-hmm. you know, then it spread further into the desert. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, that is it for this episode. Big thanks again to Dr. Diane Seabrent, Historic Preservation Officer for the City of Las Vegas. To learn even more about the city of Las Vegas. Check out the links in our show notes.
0: Find your next adventure at gzmshows.com. Shh,
2: it's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified.
0: Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about holidays past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more.